This is Jennifer Gonzalez welcoming you to episode 51 of the Cult of Pedagogy podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk with Michelle Brown, the CEO and founder of CommonLit, a wonderful online library of free texts that's perfect for teachers in grades 5 through 12. As we work to improve our students' reading skills, one thing teachers can't ever seem to get enough of are high-quality texts. We need them for English language arts classes, naturally. But as more emphasis is placed on reading across the curriculum, teachers of social studies, science, and other subjects are also looking for good texts to give students practice in reading challenging material, developing a point of view or thesis about that text, and supporting their thesis with evidence from the text. So when I heard about CommonLit, an online library of free, high-quality texts hand-picked for students in grades 5 through 12, I knew right away it was something I wanted to share with you. In this episode, I'm going to talk to the person who built CommonLit from the ground up. She tells me what prompted her to get it started, then walks me through the platform to show me all the great features it offers. I'll give you a quick preview. These are leveled texts that come from authentic sources and have text-based questions to accompany each one. You can search for the text by grade level or theme, and CommonLit is adding new titles every single day. Before I play the interview, a quick thank you to everyone who has left a review for this podcast on iTunes. Every review brings more listeners to the show, and I read and love every single one. So if you've been enjoying this podcast and you haven't left a review yet, take a few minutes, go over to iTunes, and tell me what you think. I'd also like to thank the sponsor of this episode, My Simple Show. My Simple Show is a great online tool that allows you to create your own animated videos for free. It's so easy and fast. You just write your script, let My Simple Show find images to match it, then fine-tune it until it's done. It would be perfect for flipping your classroom or having students create their own videos. To learn more and try your first video, visit mysimpleshow.com. Now let's learn all about the fantastic free resources at CommonLit with their CEO, Michelle Brown. Michelle Brown, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. Thank you. And this is, this is Michelle Brown. She is the CEO and founder of commonlit.com. Is it .com or .org? It's .org because we're a nonprofit. Got it. Got it. So I just uh, happened to – somebody pointed out your site to me and <laughs> um, <laughs> that thought that a lot of teachers would really like to learn about it. And so I checked it out, and I totally agreed. And so here we are, and we're just going to explain to our readers what CommonLit is and uh, how they can use it. So if you could just – if you met somebody for the first time and they wanted to know what your website was, what would you tell them? Sure. So uh, CommonLit is a free online tool where teachers can um, find and plan engaging lessons. So we have a free collection of news articles, poems, short stories, historical documents for 5th through 12th grade classrooms. Uh, These are print-ready resources um, that each come with a set of text-dependent questions. suggestions for paired passages, a parent guide, related media resources, um, 
And starting in just a few weeks, we'll be launching um, some features to help uh, teachers track student progress along those text-dependent questions. And so basically, sort of what the foundation of the site is, is a library of free reading passages that teachers can use in any lesson that they want to, really. Right. Yeah, no, I, I told people that we're an ed tech company, but we definitely did the ed before the tech. No. So we spent a full year and a half just on, you know, picking out quality reading materials because we know how important tech selection is for for great instruction. Yeah. And this is actually a problem that I hear a lot of teachers talk about. They're always looking for high quality reading passages because developing reading proficiency is so important in kids of all ages. And, and really, there's a lot available for younger kids. But once you get into these upper grades, it's, it's a little bit harder to find uh, good nonfiction. You do, have, you do have fiction, but you've also got a lot of high quality nonfiction texts for people to use. Right, right. And so our model is we actually have a number of content partners who donate content to our collection. So, you know, one of our, our best partners is Science News for Students. So we have, you know, um, a collection of scientific articles that have been prepared actually by scientists, but written for children. Um, and then we do contract with a number of actual journalists to write some of our, you know, current events content content. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some articles from NPR, uh, the Holocaust Memorial Museum. So we're really focused on, you know, having kids read authentic texts, you know, uh, not just dinky passages and test prep workbooks that nobody likes to read. Yeah. Oh, I am totally with you on there. And that's so, so that's, I, I want to reemphasize what you just said. These texts come from sort of professional writers for the most part. They're either coming from NPR or they're coming from Science for Kids. Is that what you said? It was Science for Kids? Yeah. Science News for Students, science right? Science News for Students. Okay. Um, and and so, and it's, and these, these are all be, basically being given to you with permission from, these are like sort of creative commons or, or public domain pieces of writing. So the content itself has been donated by our partners. Got it. Um, and then, but the passages themselves, the the questions that we write, uh, the lessons themselves, those we license under a Creative Commons non-commercial license, okay, okay. which means that teachers are free to print and distribute them. Um, they can use them, you know, freely for educational use. Okay, so let's let me ask you really quickly before we get into the site because that's what I really want to get into all the features but I'm just curious about your own background and what prompted you to create common lit sure yeah so um so common lit was really born out of my own frustrations in the classroom um for five years I was a um, seventh grade reading teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got my start first teaching in a high poverty school in rural Mississippi. And so I walked into a classroom on day one with no teaching materials and just, you know, for the next two years teaching there, I spent my nights and weekends just scrambling to find decent free materials on the internet. Um, and also just, you know, got really frustrated at the resource gap that I was seeing. You know, there was this ed tech revolution happening, but there was no world where, you know, 
my students would get access to some of that stuff. So, Mm. um, you know, it was sort of this anger (laughs) at the disparity. Um, and just thinking about ed tech overall, um, you know, it does have the potential to exacerbate some of these inequities when you put a price point on it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, really why I came up with the idea just that we needed number one, that we needed quality resources and number two, that these quality resources had to be free. Very interesting. And, and it's wonderful that you've been able to do that because you've got these companies that are actually partnering with you. So they've got their own funding and then they can donate stuff to, to Commonlet to help you build that library. Right, exactly. So, you know, the more traffic that we get, the more quality content we can get on our site. Um, so our partners really like that, you know, we're serving so many, so many hundreds of thousands of kids across the U.S. with, you know, their quality content. Excellent. Okay, so let's take a look at the site. So if, if, um, if I am a teacher, and you, you know what your user base is. So walk us through the experience as a, as a, typical user? Sure. Okay. So let's say I'm a ninth grade teacher teaching um, The Great Gatsby. So I would go to commonlit.org and I would create a free account. Mm -hmm. And from there, I could browse the library. Um, And one of the best things about our site is that it's very, very searchable. So I can look for, I can search by common theme. So I could look for power and greed. Mm-hmm. Um, a new theme that we're com- coming out with this month is isolation, which is a theme that runs throughout the Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, or I can just go to the browse the collection page. I can search by Lexile, Common Core Standard. We've tagged all of our um, all of our passages by literary device. So if you if you have you know kids who are reading on many different levels sitting in the same classroom and you still want to address the theme of, you know, the American dream, you can find passages, authentic passages at different levels that still still help kids build that essential background knowledge so that then you can go back to reading The Great Gatsby. Okay, so I'm going to look at I'm going to look at the themes right now and I will go to So isolation is one that you're working on right now. How about America? Yep. So if I click on America, then they're automatically filtered. And so if I go to, I'm going to click on the Great Depression, just so that I don't sit here in heaven hall forever. Okay. (laughs) So we've got a passage on the Great Depression. And one of the things I'm noticing right away is that I can change the font size, which is really nice. I can make it bigger if I need to. And um, also, it looks like I can download a PDF of the document also, if I wanted to print it. So you can download a student copy, which does not include the answers, and it has spaces for students to write out their short answer. Um, it's all print ready with our footnotes pre-formatted. Um, or you can print out a student copy, which is on the teacher guide tab, mm-hmm. um, and that includes the answers. Got it. Okay. So first off, we've got the passage. We've got you, you've included an illustration with every single passage, which is just nice. It just makes for a more pleasant reading experience. Um, A little bit of information about the author. And then we've got the passage. And one thing I'm noticing right away is that, yes, there are numbers uh, that are embedded, little footnote numbers that are embedded within the passage. So the first one is on the word harrowing. So when I click on that, 
a definition comes up for the word harrowing. Um, you have footnotes for other things too, though. You include some background knowledge on certain things. Right. So we have human beings who are building our footnotes. And these are, you know, high performing teachers who go through and and look at these lessons. So we're looking at what tier two vocabulary words are really essential for students to have a basic understanding of the text. And then for other footnotes, what essential background information is critical for, for kids to understand. Got it. Good. And those are those are pretty unobtrusive. I mean, the footnotes are at the bottom. Um, and then you can see the numbers, you click on them, and then you just get a little pop-up box that explains um, that concept right there. And there's also, you've also numbered the paragraphs along the side, but you haven't numbered every single one. You've just got the first one, the fifth one, the tenth one. So, and this is to help people, help students identify where things are. That's right. So we want to make our text interactive for students. So actually, we just very exciting. Um, mm-hmm. I'll tell all of your your listeners this first. Through a partnership with Text Help, um, we are also going to embed into the student side a text to speech capability um, and a translation capability, a highlighting capability. So students can really, you know, interact with the text as they read. Very nice. So this stuff is, how how long has the site been up and running? So we've been doing kind of like different feature launches. So in October of 2014 was when we first put the, put the site online. And then we sort of watched our traffic grow from there. Got it. Got it. So it's still a pretty young site. It's not even a full two years old yet. And, uh, and so you're continuing to add new features all the time. And I'm I'm assuming the library also is continuing to grow. That's right. We add about um, five to 10 lessons per day. Oh, wow. That's, that's fast. Okay. So (laughs) we've got the text here. And then to the right of the text, there is a box that says questions. And there's two tabs. One says text dependent and one says discussion. So talk about this box. Sure. So um, as students read, they can answer our Common Core aligned text dependent questions. So these are written in the style um, of the park assessment is how we wrote these. So these are um, tagged by standard. Um, We have part A, part B questions. Um, So those are the ideas to hold kids accountable for what they read with those set of text dependent questions. Mm-hmm. But then we also know, you know, students also need to be discussing what they read with peers and especially for adolescents. That's really how they get excited about a text. Mm-hmm. So we want them to be writing and discussing. So if you click to the to the right of text dependent, you can see our discussion questions mm-hmm. and these sort of go deeper into the uh, into the major themes of the text and ask students to use their you know own experience to answer questions. Got it. Um, and so, like for this one, there are four discussion questions, and it looks like five um, multiple choice. Actually, not all multiple choice though, because the the last one is like an essay question. And there are Common Core standards sort of like written right there next to them. And it's interesting. I just saw this. I When I when I hover over the standard code, the actual standard appears in a pop-up box. That's a nice feature. Yeah. <laughs> so how, with the current state of this site, because you told me before we started recording that there are going to be some new features, but with the current state of the site, 
how exactly do students interact? They can't actually answer these questions right now on the site, right? There's nothing to click. No, in about two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully by the time this uh, this podcast airs, mm -hmm. um, students students will also be able to create accounts mm -hmm. and be within a teacher's class, and you'll be able to assign these lessons through the platform so that students can answer the multiple-choice text-dependent questions and also the short-answer text-dependent questions. They'll be able to type their answers right there on the platform, and then those yep. will be submitted to the teacher. Exactly. They'll be submitted to the teacher to grade. So obviously we can auto grade the multiple choice answers and we can show teachers in real time the breakdown of how students answer these questions. So if you want to know that 20% of your class answered choice A, you can have that information immediately. Um, and then for the short answer questions, uh, there's we're building a really nice, easy uh, scoring platform so that teachers can score the short answers on a zero to four point rubric. Got it. And didn't, I think you may have actually told me too, that there's a, like an anchor answer that's provided sort of what a good answer would look like. Exactly. So teachers can just always look back up at the exemplar, mm -hmm. um, as they're scoring. Excellent. So that feature, as we're speaking right now, we're talking in mid-August, but this is a new feature that's going to be rolled out in early September, and this will probably not air till mid-September. So people should be able to go on commonlit.org right now and see that feature. And all of this that we're talking about is all free. The student it's accounts are free. free. So right now, this is a, this is, you all did some research prior to putting all this stuff out. Talk to me a little bit about, about that. Sure. Yeah. So um, like I said before, we, we did the, the ed before the tech. Mm -hmm. So we knew that any of the features that we would be building would only be as good as the curriculum itself and the best practices that it supports. So we spent, you know, a full year just thinking about looking at the research on English language learners, on differentiating instruction, on, you know, um, helping kids get to high levels where they're, you know, ready for college. So, and the, the main thing was that we found was around text selection and just how important um, choosing a text for students is and making sure that that text is appropriately leveled and that the content is age appropriate. So, you know, we read a lot about how discouraging it can be for a seventh grade student who might be reading on a fourth grade level to get a passage that is written at a third grade level, but not developmentally appropriate mm. for a seventh grader. So, um, we spend a lot of time just finding those types of passages that, uh, you know, struggling readers in, you know, middle and high school would still find engaging. Got it. Got it. And who, when you say we, who is, who is it, who is it that's, um, curating the resources and writing the questions and sort of putting it all together. I'm assuming this is not all being done just by you. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we are a team of six people. And so three of us are former reading teachers and three of us are, is our tech team. So got it. that's mm -hmm. a nice, that's a nice balance. Yeah. So you've got people that make it work right, but then a lot of people that are making sure that the quality is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we spend, you know, we spend a lot of time just thinking about, you know, the new texts that we're going to add and making sure they're up to our standard. 
Let's talk a little bit about the other features that are on here because I forgot to even explore these other tabs. So we have the text and we have the questions to go along with it. But then along the top, there's a tab that says paired texts, uh, related media, teacher guide, and parent guide. So let's sort of walk through each one of those. What about the paired texts? Sure. So we have hand-picked um, anywhere from two to five um, potential pairings that go with any of the texts on our site. Um, and so, and then if you read the description, you'll see that there's a suggestion for how or why this would make a good pairing. So it could be because it uses the same literary device. Like we find mm. two texts that has, you know, an unreliable narrator. So if right. you want to right. Do a lesson just focused on that. You can have students dig deep into that literary device. Sometimes we pair them because they deal with the same topic. Um, sometimes they deal with the same major themes. This is, uh, this is something I didn't even realize now that you're pointing this out to me. And that is wonderful attention to detail. I just thought that maybe in the back end, you, you just sort of made connections between things and said, if you're interested in this, you might be also interested in this. But now I'm realizing your descriptions are custom written for each pairing, explaining why this would be yeah. a good pair. This wow. is not a robot doing it. No. This, these are teachers who are painstakingly going through the collection and finding good pairings. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. so those And those other paired texts are, are also housed inside the library. That's right. They're all there on the platform. Okay. What about related media? That's another tab for this same Great Depression text. So, right. So we've also looked for short clips that would be appropriate for teachers to show in class. Um, and we found these in the same way. We went through and looked for you know, um, short videos on YouTube that would help students build essential background knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um Maybe it's, you know, an, a short interview with the author to kind of help students connect with, with the, uh, the narrator's voice or the author's voice. Um, and so we look for at least one, like one to three per text mm -hmm. um, that could be potentially viewed in class. This is great. And so I can see one of the videos that you've embedded, and they're embedded right here. They can be played right here on the platform, is the New Deal in three minutes. It's just going to be an overview of the New Deal, and that's going to give them a lot more uh, just background knowledge about what's going on at that time period. That's right. excellent. So then there's a teacher guide. Right. So the teacher guide is where we write the exemplar short answer responses, mm -hmm. um, what what teachers should be looking for as they're grading those short answers. Um, if students have to find evidence in a short answer, we say they should be looking in, you know, paragraphs one and five, for example. So Got we get it. really specific with that. Um, and then we also show the correct answer for the multiple choice questions as well. I could see this being especially helpful if a teacher is assigning lots of different passages to lots of different students and just doesn't have the time necessarily to carefully read every passage. This is kind of a shortcut to being able to, to grade that stuff and assess the student understanding really quickly. Exactly. Or if you have, you know, um, if you need resources for a pullout group or something, you can just mm -hmm. have them right there. Yeah, oh, very nice. And then there's a parent guide, which was a really nice surprise. So tell me about that. Yeah, so um, we know that how important it is for, for in terms of building literacy. What the research says is that, you know, parents can make a huge difference for their kids at home by just knowing what kids are reading and by asking 
you know, their students' questions when they get home. So we are, this is what you're looking at right now is just version 1.0 of our parent tools Mm -hmm. um, that teachers can then share that link with families, you know, through email that just says, here's what your child is reading in school today. Here's a video you can watch at home. Mm -hmm. And here are some guiding questions that you can use, you know, what did you learn about? And then it auto fills some essential questions. It's really nice. And I noticed that when I was first exploring the site, I had not yet created my account. And so I noticed that I could see this page without having an account. So it's teachers don't, or parents don't have to create an account in order to view this page. And that's really nice. And this is just, this is really wonderful because especially starting around fifth grade, is when it's just, it's like getting water from a stone to try to find out what your kids are doing in school. And they just, they don't seem to want to dredge up the energy to talk about what they did. So this really would be a wonderful resource for parents to have some idea of what your kids are doing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If you're a parent out there and you've ever had the experience of saying, you know, what did you learn in school today? Mm -hmm. And you get that, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I've got three kids. It's exactly the same answer every time. Yep. Yeah. Oh, this is fantastic. So can you tell me a little bit about what your existing users are telling you? What what experiences are teachers having with it already? We love getting feedback. So, um, and we get feedback from our users basically every day. Uh, most of it is just like, thank you so much for creating this, you know, with like some information about how they're using it. Um, we get a lot of requests for going down to the younger grades. So, you know, we do have plans in the next year or two to go to third and fourth grade Mm, um, and then go lower from there. Um, We do have a lot of requests for uh, translating these for teachers who are, you know, in an ESL classroom. Mm. Um, So we're thinking about ways to support those teachers. Um, And then we're also building full unit plans. So in December of 2017, we'll be launching 50 unit plan guides. Um, So right now we're getting, we're sending these out right now to our teacher advisory board. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we have about 25 teachers right now in schools based across the U.S. who are testing out our new features before they launch. So we're getting some great great um, ideas for things we should build and also feedback on our current features to figure out how to make them better. That's awesome. It sounds like you're doing such a a thorough job. And I know sometimes as somebody who has, I have my own online presence, sometimes you just want to throw something out there and it's, it takes some discipline to do things the right way so that you have a product that you're proud of. So that that should give teachers a lot of confidence in you. Yeah, we're we're hoping that this will be a big year for us. So we think of it as kind of like our debut. So yeah, yeah. Well, I'm really excited to send teachers over to you, and I think you know we're this is going to be listened to for people who listen to my stuff actively. It'll be early in the school year, so this should help a lot of people in 2016, 17. But I also have people who listen. They they'll discover my podcast in another year, and those people will be able to jump on those unit plans right away. And so. Um, so yeah, is there anything else that you wanted to add or let people know about the site? Yeah, I just want to let everyone know, um, we do have an active Pinterest board. And so where we're posting some of our early um, suggestions for novel guides. So if you go to our board, you'll see a list of potential paired passages for books like The Lord of the Flies or Wonder or To Kill a Mockingbird yes. um, and really popularly 
taught, commonly taught books where we've identified some paired passages. So um, if you're looking for, you know, to follow us, um, we're active on, on Pinterest and Twitter and also Facebook. Excellent. Okay. And I'll make sure that, that people can, I think in my own show notes, I'll give people a link to that Pinterest board too, so they can find it. And from your site, it looks like they can get to your Twitter and Facebook account. So they will be all set. Great. Okay. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you so much. For links to all the resources mentioned in this episode, go to cultofpedagogy.com slash pod and click on episode 51. To get weekly updates on all my newest blog posts, podcast episodes, and products, sign up for my mailing list at cultofpedagogy.com slash subscribe. Thanks for listening and have a great day. This podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. To learn more, visit edupodcastnetwork.com.